I'm Johnny Pollard and welcome to the One Giant Mind podcast. In this episode, I chat with Caroline, who's a researcher, strategist and project manager in the corporate world. And of late, she's really turned the flame up on her meditation practice and her interest in understanding how she can integrate that into her work in the corporate world. In her process of trying to understand how she can integrate meditation into her current work, she's exploring the role that the mind plays in us, unraveling some of our conditioning and past ideas and belief systems. And she posed the question, what role does the intellect play in the meditation process? I think it's a really important subject and we dive really deep into it, so I hope you enjoy. I discovered you a couple of years ago and was exploring your app as I was kind of exploring my own meditation journey. I had done a lot of experimenting as I was growing up and doing different mindfulness-based meditations and then transitioning into mantra-based but not personalized mantra and just seeking deeper and deeper knowledge and seeking to expand my practice. And it also happened at a big transition in my life you know, spending the past five or six years in research and strategy and working in the corporate world and really loving that world and loving that job, but seeking something different and seeking to go deeper and to connect with people on a deeper level in terms of my work. And um, so now I'm taking some time off to study meditation and study a lot of different modalities in terms of understanding a human being and and how we think and how we behave and and how we kind of handle and make sense of our emotions and our experiences. So my question is around the usefulness of the intellect in conjunction with meditation and how to use it wisely. So when somebody's looking to make a change in their life or they're, you know, at that point, maybe they're aware of destructive habits or destructive behaviors that they have, and these patterns that maybe have been long lasting for a while, apart from letting meditation run its course and alleviating a lot of those stressors in the body, does the intellect have a place in that in shifting behavior or shifting emotions when we feel stuck? Absolutely. I look at the intellect as like a surgical tool. You, have you heard of the expression, sometimes we need a thorn to remove a thorn? Yes. Yeah. The intellect is like that. It's like a, a sharp, pointy tool that enables us to isolate things, pick things out, unpick things, unpick problems. However, before I kind of describe that process more, I think it's very important that we make a clear distinction between the difference, that we, that we make a clear distinction between the intellect and intelligence. They're two different things. The intellect itself is no source of intelligence. It is a processing mechanism. It is a tool that, when driven by intelligence, is extremely powerful. However, when the intellect is devoid of intelligence, and I'll talk about what that looks like in a second, it actually <laughs> becomes the mechanism of our bondage. It's the thing that ties us up and keeps us trapped. So let me first make a distinction between intellect and intelligence so that 
everything we talk about makes a lot more sense. It is my view and the view of the wisdom traditions that I've immersed myself in that inherent within each and every one of us is an innate intelligence. We are by our nature intelligent and that that intelligence is expressed through us through impulses of desire and inspiration, the urge to create something, the urge to participate, to contribute to some kind of dynamic whereby our contribution causes some kind of growth, elevation, increased sophistication, greater usefulness, greater relevance, greater meaning, all of these kinds of things. Our intelligence is geared towards increasing the relevance of both our personal existence and our shared collective existence. That's the underlying MO of the intelligence that is expressed through us. And one could say that it is the nature of the universe, that that is a universal law, if you like, that the universe is constantly, spontaneously, involuntarily, sort of perpetually <laughs> evolving, expanding on its capability to be bigger, greater, more layered, more complex, more sophisticated, elegantly complex. And with that comes greater capability. As far as that relates to our humanness, I describe greater capability as greater awareness of how we can bring ourselves into the moment to serve the greatest amount of individual parts working together as a whole to recognize that one, it belongs to itself as a whole, but also has the power and responsibility to contribute individually. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so this is what intelligence is doing at the baseline. Like if we want to get right to the bottom of it, what is it doing? It's seeking to cause growth, not in any one particular way, but in every particular way or as many possibilities, versions, renditions, variations as possible. Why? Because it can. Because that's what intelligence does. It's seeking to maximize the expression of potentiality. And so we as humans find our greatest amount of fulfillment in the expression of the potential of the feelings that we have. So that they move from the dimension of potential to fruition they cease just being potential and they become expressive and something's created and we go yay and it's the yay moment that is the pinnacle of our human experience and what we're seeking to do i would like to propose is to have a perpetual experience of yay <laughs> all the time in, in lots of different ways with as many different people just yay <laughs> and what that looks like is the the expression of our creative impulses and urges 
uninhibited by fear and doubt and insecurity of its worth, of its value, of its power, of its relevance, which is the thing that inhibits and stifles our creativity or intelligence. Inherent within our impulses of creative desire, which we all have, some are more connected and allow them to flow more than others. And there are many circumstances that create those conditions. And so when we talk about intelligence, what we're referring to is a perpetual stream of energy that flows through us that we feel in our heart, in our gut, and if it's really strong in our whole body. And there is this sort of spontaneous urge to be expressive of it. This is our intelligence that we have in this day and age sort of diminished its value. We're actually indoctrinated into a whole way of thinking and being that devalues that. It says, don't, don't listen to that. You need to be more rational, more logical, more forward thinking in terms of future thinking. And don't go with the sort of spontaneous feeling level of the feeling level of your experience. We're actually taught not to trust that. It's not reliable. It's intangible. It's not quantifiable. But logic, however, you know, we can, we can draw that out. We can write it out on a piece of paper and go, there it is. Let's stick to that. And what we tend to do when we do that is feel like we're trapped. It's like, ah, oh, this model here doesn't quite account for this experience and this experience and this experience and this experience. But if we're so indoctrinated into it, we're going to put up with that discomfort and not consider what life could be like letting go of those constraints, that map, that rule book. We're not going to know what it's like. And this is pretty much the, the experience of most people that have been indoctrinated into a way of thinking. Now, I would argue that that is an intellectually driven mentality or worldview where the intellect is leading. And having the intellect lead is like the tail wagging the dog. The tail doesn't wag the dog. But from a perspective, we... We could go, oh, look, you know, if we just put our attention on the towel, it's like, oh, look, the dog's <laughs> flapping about the place, but so is the whole world, you know, <laughs> if we look at it. And that, that's how confused we are about things. Um, and there is such an important need for us to become intimately acquainted with that flow, that flow of creative energy that is streaming through us, whether we like it or not. Some of us have, you know, had certain experiences in our lives where we've learnt to mistrust it to the extent that we have shut it down so much that it's hard to detect and we live only in our thinking minds. And we all know what it's like to be trapped in our thinking minds. We all have a primal yearning, a deep, almost mourning for the loss of connection to our heart, our soul, 
uh, that creativity because we inherently know as human beings that in order for us to be well, to feel whole and complete, we need to feel the depth of our being. We need to operate from that place. We need to connect with each other from that place. And whilst ever we're not, we're miserable. We're confused. And our, our motives are misguided and generally just create circumstances and situations that are completely dissatisfying to us. And what we're yearning for is greater satisfaction. And so I'd like to propose that what provides us with that level of satisfaction is the connection to that place where that intelligence flows from. Meditation is an extraordinary tool that causes us, without having to intellectualize the process, because to actually access our intuition, that's another word for it, that creativity, that sense of connection to ourselves, we have to be willing to let go of our logic. And this is what makes meditation so extraordinary is that it enables us to go beyond the the reasoning of the logical, rational mind and just immerse ourselves in the experience of ourself and have the direct experience and come to know it through the direct experience. And slowly, through regular practice, we wean ourselves off the addiction of our intellect, the need to control everything and just simply be in the moment. And what occurs is intelligence emerges spontaneously. And as that intelligence emerges spontaneously, we notice we start acting spontaneously in ways that gives rise to experiences that are more satisfying to us. So now to go back to your question, what role does the intellect play in uh, assisting us to uh, determine what is relevant and what is not, what is priority, what is not, what is true, what is false, right? Is that what you're asking mm -hmm. me? Or how... In what way can we use it wisely when we're not overthinking, mm -hmm. over planning, mm -hmm. strategizing? How can we use it in a way that mm -hmm. is useful if it is useful at all? Yes. So it, it operates in a sequence. The first thing that we can do when we want to consciously participate in problem solving our own experience is to surrender the intellect into the heart. And for the intellect to almost bow down to the heart as the master. Where the intellect goes, I surrender to you, heart, because you are the source of my deeper intelligence. I will take your lead. What is it that you desire me to do, despite the fact that my, neuro my neurotic tendency, this is the intellect, by the way, <laughs> my neurotic tendency is to ignore you, abandon you, and try and control everything, <laughs> I surrender to you. And if you have that experience, truly, where you're being honest with yourself, the heart will say, okay, intellect, it's okay. Thank you. Yay, we're on the same team. Just be still with me here for a time. And just soak in me like I'm a hot bath and allow the the worry and the fear of what might happen in the future just to wash away in the waves of anxiety and joy that coexist because we're complex creatures. We can have joy and anxiety at the same time, creativity and excitement 
and also worry at the same time. Just allow all that to just soak in me for a moment. Let it dissolve. And then, spontaneously, what you'll notice, intellect, is that you and I are working in unison. You just start having coherent, clear, creative, dynamic, insightful cognitions, thoughts. You just notice it. Ah. Oh. The intellect never operates in isolation of that intelligence when we are being wise. It's all one thing. What we're doing is reinstating the intellect back into its place. We're clicking it back into its place, which is in the heart. The intellect must never operate in isolation of our heart. We become very dangerous creatures when we do. <laughs> Look what's happening in the world. Very, very dangerous stuff. Why? Because we're disconnected from the intelligence. And inherent in that intelligence is a deep sense of responsibility of how we can be of service to everyone, all sentient beings and the planet. And so that's how <laughs> we use our intellect wisely. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. It's always nice to be reminded that when we feel trapped inside our mind going round and round in circles, trying to resolve a problem on the level of the thinking that the problem was created on, that we have this reservoir of insight that is just beyond our thinking mind and that a daily practice of meditation leads us into that place, enables us to be really intimately familiar with the experience of that place. And all we need to do is just let go and allow our awareness to move into our feelings, connect with our intuition, and detect what it is that we sense and know to be right for ourselves. And then learn to develop the trust in that experience and allow this to lead our lives in the direction we want to go. Special thanks to our show producers, Trevor Exter and Sean Tomlin. Music by Ali. Special thanks to Andrea Stern for allowing us to record all of our sessions in her beautiful studio. And to all the One Giant Mind team. Thank you for listening and being a part of One Giant Mind. If you don't already and you're interested in learning to meditate, an easy free way is to download the One Giant Mind Learn Meditation mobile app on iTunes or Google Play. The best way to learn, however, is from a teacher. And if you're interested in learning the One Giant Mind technique, email us at teachers at onegiantmind.com and we'll help you find a teacher in your area. If you're a passionate meditator and the idea of becoming a teacher is something that inspires you, consider becoming certified with the One Giant Mind Meditation Teacher Training Program that I've developed. The certification program is 100% online and can be done on your smartphone, laptop or tablet anywhere in the world. Teaching could be one of the most fulfilling experiences because you're having such a meaningful impact in people's lives. If you're interested in enrolling and would like to receive a special discount, email teachers at onegiantmind.com and mention the One Giant Mind podcast to get a great discount. Finally, if you enjoy our show, please share it with your friends and give us a review because it improves our rankings and helps others find this podcast. And I really hope you can join us for the next episode.